1: feel it coming in the air Yeah
2: And there's screams from everywhere Yeah I'm addicted to the thrill I'm ready It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Come on. Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only
1: thing that's on my mind Is who's going this town tonight
2: Hey, welcome to the Quarter of Sports Talk. It is a Friday. It is a happy Friday. And if you don't have anything to do, you can go see Alex at ZT House. I think he's buying his first drink for everybody to come in. Uh, allegedly, that's what I heard. Uh, but go down to Armadillo's Grill. We got a happy hour, Friday uh, martini happy hour, which I think I might do. After I get my truck washed. Uh, got in the studio, Alex Clancy, as always. Uh, Demery Lachey, or Lachey, what is it again? Lachey. All right. It'll take him a week. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> It'll take you a week. I- I'm playing with you, but I always get, uh, <laughs> I always get uh, Alex's... Um, Twitter wrong at Clancy Corner is that right nailed it at Clancy Corner I'll ask him in 20 minutes see if he remembers it's going to be at Corner Clancy (laughs) at Clancy Corner Uh, we are live today 888-346-9144 is the number if you want to join the show if you know the show it goes by fast we got a lot to talk about sometimes we get stuck on one subject because it's that much interesting I do want to ask you guys about um, uh, Landon Donovan being left off the uh, World Cup uh, United States team and um, is it a big deal Uh, he would have been the first American to play in four World Cups. Um, Yesterday I was on Rocky Mnuch's show. Great show, 3-6, 10-60. Uh, Rocky Minute do the show every day. Those guys have fun. Now, if you know that show, you know you're going to be in for a treat. Even though Mnuch went to Kansas State, I didn't hold that against him. Still was a great show. Uh, We had a good time. Uh, Rock, there's a lot of orchestrating. Kept us from uh, coming across the table on each other. Uh, but it was fun so check out the show 3 to 6 on 1060 with uh, Rocky Manuch every day let me ask you guys a question uh, Demory's in the studio again with us you are probably gonna I don't know if anybody called you yet as far as the internship and all those things but you know, you're know, welcome to join our show from time to time and, and get a feel get a lay of the land of what's going on okay. uh, most times I'm out of town so Alex be, Alex got you covered um, give me uh, give me you guys an assessment on the Donovan being left off Of the World Cup team, I
3: mean, I think it's a. It it seems like a promising thing because if he's what's kept uh, soccer in the U.S. relevant, and he's been the best player on the U.S. team for you know a better part of a decade, and his leadership and everything, yeah, this might mean that the U.S. team is moving forward. You know, maybe obviously he's not one of the twenty-three most talented players in the United States, so that could definitely mean that the U.S. might be making a push for the World Cup here. I mean, they, they've been relevant. It's been nice stories. They have a really, really tough pool that they're playing in this year, uh, in this World Cup, and I, I see it as potentially a really, really positive step forward for them. It, it's going to stink to not see him um, scoring goals and everything in that regard, and um, I remember going nuts when uh, he scored a goal late I- in a match uh, in the up. World Cup of 2010 uh, off a rebound, I think. That was one of the best moments in my sports history because uh, the U.S., We've never really had soccer, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's it, more prevalent overseas. Um, uh, sure, and all sure. And now the MLS is actually becoming something that, yeah. p- that players overseas want to come want to come play for, want to come be a part of uh, in the off season, which is fantastic. So I think for Landon Donovan, it's it's not. I, I wish he could have been on there as the twenty third man or something
2: like that, so we could actually see him run on the field. But I think overall, it's a good thing. Yeah, no, you got to give him credit. You got to give Jurgen Jer- uh, Klensman some k- credit for leaving him off because it is a sign of him putting his back to the wall. And I know, and everybody knows who Donovan, uh, Landon Donovan is. Uh, and for him to be left off, is a, is a, it is a notion that we're moving forward. You're not the 23, uh, one of the 23 best guys that can help us win. And that's what it's all about. Um, but it is kind of tough when you got a guy of his statue uh, and what he means to soccer. Here in Arizona, you can't drive, there's two things you can't do. You can't drive two and a half miles without running to a golf course or somebody jogging because they fake or running into a soccer field. Kids play soccer every day out here. And, and, it's, and it, it's not just uh, and they call it the real football. and It's not just now overseas. It's picked up a great deal. And I think the Olympics and that type of stage uh, has put it on the map. But it is it is one of the. Um, so one of the most conditioning games you could play, these guys run all day for that for that amount of time. You could talk about, as we do, football, the basketball, and all the uh, major sports to get that attention. But if you haven't played soccer, and I say this with golf, if you haven't played golf, you don't know how great of a game it is. But to be left off, Landon Donovan to be left off, possibly right now he's left off. There's, there's a way, That's a chance he can get on. That's barring any injuries. But who say he's the twenty fourth or twenty fifth best person? Yeah, activity? I mean,
3: I think it's Josie Altidore and Clint Dempsey's time. Yeah, I mean, I think that they've they've been in the in the background to a certain extent just because of the aura of him. But uh, Josie Altidore a stud. Clint Dempsey's a stud. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that the the U.S. team is left in good hands. And Tim Howard, the ageless warrior uh, in goal, he's got to be over forty now, and he's still yeah. and he's still playing. So yeah. I mean, I think that it, it, they're in good hands. And and Landon, he's not the type of person that to go out and appeal and do all these things. He's like, you know what? Hopefully I love not. my guys. He he's not. Hopefully no, no, he's he not. Already, but, yeah, but he would have already. Yeah, he would have had a Twitter
2: war. So he, he would have had a rich incognito Twitter war already. Well, he did say something on Twitter as far as uh, you know, he's going to be rooting for his team. Unfortunately, he's left all. He understands the business. If if you a team player and you the leader that we see you as. And you've always been—he's that guy whereas i am not—I'm not the 23rd—I'm not in that 23rd uh, best soccer players that's going to help the United States team win the World Cup. So I know that my place is somewhere else. And he said, "Well, I would definitely be cheering on his friends and some of his old teammates." Uh, but that was a tough decision for Jurgen Klinsmann to make, uh, keeping him off it because legends—you usually get them the benefit of the doubt—but when you, when one man doesn't. Carry the weight of millions and what and what soccer means for uh, across the world. um, I can see why he's left off. Uh, Even though I would have, as a captain, as a manager, I would have put him up there just on the status. But you gotta, you know, you gotta applaud Donovan's character. Yeah, absolutely,
4: always. Because having his role, you know, like with him getting cut. From the team that he kind of you know built upon the U.S. and you know he built it, he showed the world a uh, U.S. a whole another way of soccer that you know really wasn't in the home back in the '90s and early 2000s. And he put us, he put the U.S. on the map. So therefore, you know, I applaud his character because he could have you know ran it off on Twitter like you see most superstar athletes. You know, like how are you gonna cut me? I did this, this. No, he just you know kept it, kept it real. You used the good word.
2: Would you use the good word in building that U.S. team? Because I, I kind of feel like he had a hand in building most of that team, even though some of those guys are superstars in their own right. Would you agree with that? I yeah, think Donovan, I mean, name a yeah. soccer
3: player that was on a World Cup team before Landon Donovan <laughs> right. from the U.S.
2: I can, but i got to think about it, and I don't have that much time.
3: <laughs> I remember when Ronaldinho was left off the Brazil team when he was really, really good. Mm-hmm. He was he was Ronaldo Jr., and this was, I think this is in the mid-'90s, or you know what, it might have been the 2000, um, 2000 game, uh, when he was really, really good, and they left him off, I'm like, how do, you, how do you leave off somebody like that, especially with the name recognition, the branding for your sport? I know Brazil doesn't need it for soccer because they're just like right. next man up. I mean, right. they're just they just breed them there. But that that kind of opened my eyes to, well, maybe it's a little more cutthroat than it looks. And 23 guys out of the whole United States is not a lot. So I mean, I think that it's uh, it, it's fine, it's a progress. And yes, you're right. Applauding him is is definitely in order. Yeah. Definitely very bittersweet too,
2: like. Yeah, well, he's a bittersweet. Yeah, well, we we'll, love we'll that guy, me. Don. Uh, yeah, Landon. he's a sweetheart, you know. Bittersweet. <laughs> he he's 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 had a receding
3: hairline since he was fourteen.
2: <laughs> you know, so I mean, he's a sweetheart. You cannot dismiss his passion for the no. game, and that's one of the things that makes it tough. His passion for the game and his desire and will to want to be out there is sometimes his athletic ability is diminishing. That it, it seems. Um, that's like Jordan coming back, in my opinion, wearing number 45. It took him some time to get it back. I thought Donovan, if he was out there, was uh, able to get up, be, get on that team somehow, he was going to be serviceable. It wasn't in a way he was going to let him down, but when you need that burst of energy, that quicker, faster guy uh, that can move the ball up and down the field, then you have to go with one of the 23 best, and then Donovan just not happened to be that. But I, I, I bet you he's a huge part of what's going to happen uh, with this team. It may be on a captain uh, come out there Shoot, maybe players, coach. I don't think that's going to ever happen, but maybe it's some captainship that he'd be a part of this World Cup team moving forward. Let's talk a little bit of basketball. We got the we have the, uh, we have the uh, Heat coming up. Is that tomorrow's game Saturday. or Saturday's game? Yeah, Saturday. Why did they, I wonder why did they take the, that time off? I I don't know. It's just a little blip in the schedule. Yeah, what blip? Because what's going on? Prime time. got usually, right? Usually, when you have a. When you have uh, other sports, major sports going on, you don't want to come back with that with football. No, no one wants to compete with football, but NBA Eastern Conference Championship game, I think we'll get plenty of views. But they well, yeah. take that time off. It was They played two games, then it took like four days off. Yeah, I mean, with the Eastern Conference Finals, a lot
3: of these things can kind of bleed together. There's, there's been a game on ever since the playoffs started every day mm-hmm. until today. So or until yesterday. So I think that f- ratings wise gives people something to look forward to. I mean, it's a mini vacation. And then this weekend, the ratings are going to be great because it's on the weekend. And then they're going to do the same thing next week all the way through until until uh, Thursday, Friday off. And that's to say that all the series
4: will go that
2: long. Cause it doesn't look like one of them will. Yeah. You guys uh, doing anything for more your day? Working, working. Yep.
4: Uh, probably barbecuing. Um, my parents, they leave in town and stuff. So, so you got a place to yourself. Got a place to myself for the weekend. Okay.
2: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Patrick Peterson and Richard Sherman going at it. I don't know why. I have no idea why they're going at it. I've said this on plenty of occasions. I think Richard Sherman's a great talent. Uh, actually, we talked about this yesterday on uh, Rocky Minute show, uh, Arizona Sports Talk 1060. I don't have no idea why these guys are going at it. Richard Sherman, as good as he is, and he talks to talk and he backs it up. He's a cover. He's a zone corner. Yeah. He plays one side. He doesn't play man to man. Not discounting what he does because he's what he's asked to do. He do at a high level. He they play cover three over there, right? Play cover three. He play a he play a puzzle defense. It is not puzzle as far as it's an intricate scheme. It's a four under three deep zone. That's what it is. And he's on the weak side of it. And how you get in that four under three D zone is either by a linebacker or one of the safeties in the flat or the curl they they're able to switch depending on how you disguise it. He's on the weak side of that. And if you put in your best receiver, most time the best receiver go to the weak side depending on who that corner is. But at all times in a football game he is not covering a guy like other covers do like a Darrell Reeves or Joe Hayden Those guys, Patrick Peterson, that go to the number one receiver and and cover them down. Their jobs are different. I don't know why they get into this war about uh, money. Who I I won't say who care because it is a lot of money to do that certain skill that they have. Uh, But you should not. I don't think you ever put a guy down for him getting heads, even though he doesn't do as much as you do. And I say that by Patrick Peterson uh, being a corner going to the best receivers, and also playing a little bit of offense. I think that's a little too much for the Arizona Cardinals. They're going to lose this guy um, at some point if you have him doing too much. But he also returns pun- punts. Yeah. He does a whole lot for what he's about to get uh, salary-wise. Yeah, I mean, it's also look at, look at the defense of Seattle. I mean, you have Cam
3: Chancellor, you have uh, Earl Thomas, and the list goes on and on. So their secondary is a little bit better than the Cardinals, number one. and That allows him to do that, though. Yeah, and, and number two, these guys are both nice guys. You know, so it's not like they're both, they're both, uh, mean guys, like, uh, like Darrell Revis doesn't look like a very nice guy with, with how he's talked. He's like, I'm the best at Revis Island. That's it. These guys, these guys text regularly back and forth. I think it's helping both of them to get more money for each other. So I think that's one thing. And it's because like this,
2: politicians.
3: Sure. I mean, uh, but they're seemingly on the same side. They play in the same division. So obviously they have to be rivals, uh, I just think that, I mean, neither of these two guys have done anything really outlandish.
2: See, I don't think they have Except to, for the I, Michael
3: Crabtree comments after the NFC Championship game. But that was in
2: the heat of the moment. If you stick a I, mic in, in your face well, I know right after opinion. you make the game-winning play, you're going to say the same thing. Richard Sherman about to stop talking trash. If somebody hit him and he retaliates, like, oh, what did I do? You gotta, At some point, you've got to fight back. If you're going to run your mouth. Tell uh, Blake Griffin that because he doesn't do it. Blake Griffin got <laughs> tough this year. But I told, I told you Steve, uh, what's the guy who's in Carolina? Steve uh, Smith. Smith told Sherman, if I ever see you out, it was it was too personal. If I ever see you out, I'm going to finish you off. That's how personal it was. He run his mouth, but if you're going to do that, you got to be able to back that stuff up. And I'm not saying when I see you out at an NFL event, then automatically it's about to be on. Not that. But I'm saying on the, on, in the field of play, if you're going to run your mouth and you're going to back it up athletically, when a guy hits, puts his hand in your face, at some point, you can't do that. At some point, you're going to have to make a move And take that 15 yard up And that fine We're going to talk a little bit more about this Steve Smith knows a lot about that <laughs> Hey the fine is a fine But you're never going to call me not a man I mean sometimes you may call me ignorant But you're not going to never call me a man Quantum Sports Talk We'll be right back Alex Clancy and, and, I, got, and, and I got personal We'll be right No it's really? not personal no, <laughs> It's not personal We'll be right back
0: What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com.
5: If you think you've seen online TV before...
0: What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com.
4: Arms, arms, arms.
2: Welcome back to the Quartermilateral Sports Talk, Alex Clancy. And it's... <laughs> How are you looking at <laughs> me like that, <I> Alex? <laughs> <laughs> don't from, tell me I'm is, not a is, man huh? Don't tell me I'm not a man Nah it wasn't personal because, <laughs> I'm but, but I'm just <laughs> saying No he This guy <laughs> talks so much And I've seen on occasions Quite a few times Guys mushing him I, I just that's Richard never, Sherman That's never Yeah So he's doing his job Is what you're telling me No That's never gonna happen He's not doing He's doing his job on the field He ir- yeah. He can irritate those guys That he's winning mentally Because that don't bother with Sherman That's his game Right He, he but you're not going to put your hand in my face on that many occasions. You're not going to punch me in my face, and that's going to be the end of it. No, that's never going to happen. Um, and I'm not saying retaliate like that. I'm just saying know who you're talking to. Because Steve Smith has been that guy from day one. But well, without Richard
4: Sherman doing all that, you think he would have got this $57 million deal? With no. The, yeah, yeah. With all the uh, antics and all yeah. the... Well, no, he's uh, a brand
2: now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. He, well, you got to brand yourself, cause the NFL and, and people made so much about uh, Chad Johnson when he was branding him himself. But you wouldn't understand it if you didn't like receivers. And then they put the label that receivers are uh, divas. When you put that brand on them, and then any of them do a certain thing, then you say, "Why well, do you need that much attention to yourself?" Well, whatever he does, the NFL does, do not elect, They do not like you to market yourself. They want to be the ones to do it so they get their cut first, and then whatever's left, we give to you. But when he's marketing himself and bringing that attention to himself, then he's getting all these outside sponsors that the NFL could have got or should have got or possibly wanted, then they have a problem with that. That's when we see all these fines. I think Richard Sherman, in his case, that's just who he is. I think he... I think he would have gotten that um, that type of money because he's been doing it since he's been in the league.
3: Yeah, I mean, in, it, with the whole regards to the branding thing, I think the NFL is starting to move in a direction where team is more important than player. I mean, you look at all these, I take number one, running backs, dual running backs, that didn't happen 10 years ago. So now it's more about the team succeeding than one guy getting all the yardage. You have the defenses where they bring in a bunch of these guys that are middle-named, you know, a talent, uh, Uh, Celebrity wise You put them all on a team Look at Cleveland's defense now It was a bunch of B minus guys B guys You put them together And now everybody knows who they are As the Cleveland defense And not just singularly And the same with Seattle Richard Sherman is the one guy If you ask people who Earl Thomas is That don't watch football
2: Nobody will know who he is And they will be not
3: football fans And he might be the best defensive player they have But with Richard Sherman being the outlandish guy I mean and to answer your question Yes Absolutely. I think that it'll put people in the stands that aren't Seattle fans that are in Seattle to see a game. They're like, I want to see that Richard Sherman guy. Right. I, I want to ha- see. So, yes, abs- I think that definitely has something to do. With, and this is
4: him getting the money back from the NFL, which is actually from his team, but him getting the money back from branding himself. But not only that, I think he just opened the doors for a defensive back position, period, throughout the NFL because... In Cleveland situation with Joe Hayden, you know, he's looking at, hey, Sherman got paid this deal. Look at my tape compared to his tape. I'm doing the same thing, if not even better. Yeah. So therefore, it's, he, and then he calling out Peterson. He's calling out the other guys in the position. It's so. the
2: politicians. they friends. I'm calling on you out because I want you to get your money. That's the only reason I could make sense out of all this. Because why would I talk about your money, Alex's money? Why would I talk about that if I'm next in line to get my? Some guys can't wait patiently and get their money. Mm. Uh, they always got to do something silly or something dumb. Um, and I've seen it before quite a few times where a guy just balled out and next year you was going to get yours, whether it from the team he was playing with or from somebody else. But in the meantime, you do something silly. Now you got mm-hmm. an image. you got a stigma now. I don't know if I should give you this much money. And it happened that they didn't get what they deserved or we felt, you know, his peers felt that he sh- should have gotten. Um, but these guys are like politicians. You talk about Republicans, Democrats, um, and how they go at each other. All that stuff is to keep the general public at ends and odds because when you go to lunch, you see them having that same lunch and you thought they were just hating each other on a podium or, uh, or whatever their politics were about. You go to lunch and you see them having lunch. I think these guys, and I hope this is what these guys are doing. They're politicking for one another. They're bringing the light to us of why haven't he got paid yet. I, I got mine. I know what Patrick Peterson does for the Arizona Cardinals. You talk about Joe Hayden and what he does uh, when Richard Sherman got his money. wait, hey, look at me. What, right. I, why haven't I got signed yet? It's what you do for your team, what you're about to go do for your team, and what you've done for your team, and then how can I market you throughout the NFL as one of those corners? Because Deion Sanders was that guy for a long time. Oh, yeah. Deion Sanders was a corner for hire. He went from one team to the next and won a Super Bowl on both of them.
3: Yeah, I mean, and, and you look at – the the fraternity inside of the brotherhood that is the NFL of these young uh, defensive backs that are just crushing it in the NFL way before people think that they would. Joe Hayden, uh, Darrell Revis is on the outside now. I mean, Joe Hayden, Richard Sherman, and uh, uh, Patrick Peterson are in a select few guys that. That, that rock the NFL and they're young. I mean, they're, they're 25 or under, right? So, this is something that they stick together. This is why all of these superstars in the NBA are all friends. It's just like, it's an elite group of people. I think Carmelo's probably out of that because nobody likes him. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't <laughs> to, you don't want to I don't just like
2: him. i will just playing. But, um, I was going no, to say one more thing and I forgot. Yeah, because you hate Carmelo so much your brain gets distorted you just don't know what to say after that. No, that wasn't it. That was it. <laughs> Man, he's good. No, you know what? It's, it's at the end of the day, Patrick going to get his money. I just hope the Cardinals do the right thing with him, as far as don't have him doing this offense stuff. That's that's why we got draft draft a guy in offense. You also mentioned um, uh, running backs. Running backs a dime a dozen now because we're in a passing lead. Uh, guys like Chris Johnson could be a good running back still to this day because you can also hand him the ball off. He gets a he he runs off tackle. Yeah, he possibly gone to the end zone, or you can use him in a passing game. I thought. It's kind of like Shady McCoy in Philadelphia. What they do in that offense, he's a running back. You can line him up anywhere you want to hand him the ball off. He finds a crease because he's that, a crease. He's that quick and fast. Has great instincts. You can also look at his numbers as far as how many catches out the backfield he have, and he's very serviceable. Yeah, big. and it's funny you look so at see and that guy like that real quick. We, he says he's the best running back in the game. This is the same game Adrian Peterson in. When you look at the numbers, you like. shoo, I can argue this, but. A P is still the guy, yeah. but I can argue this.
3: Well, you can you can look at fantasy uh, football numbers for this. Best running back in the game, I would agree, is Adrian Peterson. Flat running back, Adrian Peterson can't catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean he he does he doesn't get the ball thrown to him out of the backfield. He doesn't have the acceleration right off the bat that oh, Shady a does. <laughs> well, that's fair. Um, Teddy Bridgewater. So, uh, LeSean McCoy, all purpose, all around, I definitely would think he is. And if he runs the ball 1,600 yards in a season, he really runs like 2,000 because he runs backwards so much, and he still gains <laughs> positive yards. It's out of control. Barry Sanders. I mean, it's nuts. And uh, Chris Johnson, you alluded to, with Chris Ivory there as the bruiser, mm-hmm. Chris Johnson could have a, a, a new career. A with. Rebirth. And I was one of the people that said the Jets were would be an awful place for him to go. But if you look at it with all the
4: pieces they put around – I mean, he he could flourish there. Anything on that before we get out of here? I mean, I I see it as I I think Shady McCoy. I think he he has his argument. Like I think he he is the best running back all all, all around, around, all run purpose yeah. running back. Yeah, I I would I, mean,
2: I, I would agree with that. AP
4: is still you know AP is still the man, and then you also got like Marshawn Lynch. You got to leave guys out like him. He's a bruiser. Like he's a
2: mm-hmm. he's AP, a beast. AP and Marshawn Lynch. Here here's why. Here's why Adrian is better Than Marshawn Lynch Okay but let me right tell now. you Why they're the best Because you put Eight in the box And they still get A yeah. hundred plus yards yeah. on Eight in the box That is designed To stop the run yep. And then you bring a. And then you might have Your Shoot corner Like if you got cover two You might have a corner in a flat Because the corner Doesn't get back Unless number two is vertical If they have a number two receiver right. And on the weak side He may just be one So now you got Nine guys in the box And that's why you have These cat, these cat schemes Or blisses. To create another man. They're still averaging over four yards a carry. they still Exactly. So this is why these guys arguably could be the best. Adrian Peterson, who I think is the best, all around, LeSean McCoy, but uh, Marshawn Lynch, when you put an eight in the box and I'm still pounding you for 110, 120 yards a game, that, that's unstoppable. Yeah. That's unstoppable because these are grown men designed to finish this guy off, not let him get at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and Shady, if he doesn't hit that hole right away, he's bouncing outside, yeah. which is
3: fine. But I mean, it—he's it,
2: lateral it, enough to do It that.
3: preserves your career too. I mean, it's this is a very LT-ish kind of thing. And Shady had an injury uh, five, five years back, four or five years back, his second year in the league, I believe. I think I, he hurt his leg, I believe, and now he's learning how to not get tackled as much. And he's just so elusive. It's just—it's a beautiful thing to watch. I'm going to draft the number one
2: overall if I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, <laughs> yeah, because he plays Dallas twice a year. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sir. So he's gonna be fine. <laughs> and the yeah, he may he may be he may win at your draft uh your your fantasy. <laughs> no, those if two I didn't games. win from
3: last year, I, I don't. Yeah.
2: Uh huh. <laughs> Clippers owner Donald Sterling allowing wife to negotiate sale of deal uh, of team. You guys agree with this? Because this is another way. This is another way uh, to keep this in the in the business in the family. Uh, his wife says she she been trying to divorce him for twenty years. I'm. I don't know how that's possible. Um, Twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty years. She be trying to divorce for Twenty years. I'm thinking as I'm saying this. Um, but he's allowing her to negotiate the sale of the team. Is this team still worth uh, six hundred or a billion dollars? Six hundred million or a billion dollars? Is this even possible? Yeah, it's worth more. Yeah, but if he stays, if Donald Sterling stays in, in there won't, negotiation, there won't be a Clippers. There won't be a Clippers. No, there won't be a brand. There'll be a Clippers. There won't be a brand, if that's what you mean, there won't be a brand to sell.
3: Yeah, no, and I agree. I mean, I think, well, the whole thing with Shelly Sterling is if she, the only way the NBA would approve her being the person that sells the team is if they sell it 100%. And if they sell it 100%, I'm not really sure why Donald Sterling came out initially and said, I'm going to fight this to the last day, unless he had a moment of clarity and was like, well, I'm not going to win this. I could take it to court and be me that I have been my whole life or I could turn over a new leaf and just ride off into the sunset with my $700 million or whatever he's going to get. I just don't really know what the end game is yeah. here. I just don't I just don't understand. Like
4: Donald Sterling? Yeah. I see him just trying to, you know, like you said, ride right off into the sunset. Now I'll just make my $700 million, keep my mouth closed, go, go do what I can in court. I, he knows he's not going to win it because, you know, what he's done and. Well, he's done after this his guy's antics never ride out out on the, the tape. So, Donald yeah.
2: Sterling, he's never gonna ride. He, I
4: mean, not to my sunset, but yeah, therefore yeah. <laughs> get rid of get, get rid of himself. Yeah, yeah. quiet him himself <laughs> down as the tension he has on himself right now. I just, I just don't know. Uh, this is his baby, you know. Th- this right. is this has been his number
3: one. He owns more stuff than Donald Trump. I mean, he owns he owns a lot of things. He has his name on a lot of pieces of real estate in L.A. Um, probably not more than, than Trump, but. Uh, <laughs> With regards to like the future and the court stuff, this is what he does. So I don't really understand why he's doing this with his wife. I don't think that he's just going to roll over. I mm-hmm. don't really understand because in, in, the, in the bylaws of the NBA, there's nothing against racism in the actual warts. You know, there's nothing against, you can. Moral you cannot racist,
2: be, moral stuff. You, sure, you, but,
3: but you can't be forced to sell your team due to see, I gotta, being I, an idiot, I gotta, due to being <laughs> ignorant, due to being a racist, I say a let bigot.
2: Him, let him have his team, and let's see where this goes. Let him have his team. There not but then be he'll a, win. Who's going to win? Donald Sterling. He's not going to win? Nobody's going to, you can't market something you're not going to have. You can't market something that's not marketable. He's not that type of genius. He was just able to get in early and buy a bunch of real estate, able to get this team for 12 to $15 million. Yeah. You're not going, he's not going to win. Who's going to play for him? I don't know anybody in this world. Well, I do know some idiots, but I don't know anybody that's going to play for this guy. Then where's his brand? Who's he? You can't compete. You got to get out. They say people say that now. No, they they well. And listen, it's I'm the not same I'm thing not, with, it's I'm the not same questioning the owners. It's the same thing with the, with the owners when they vote and the owners who don't vote against him, I like to see who these everybody's gonna are. Everybody's going to vote against them. They're not going to show. He 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 everybody's going to vote against, against them. Yeah. yeah. they, yeah, they won't show, show it. They ain't going to show it, but this is a billionaire club, so they stick together. We oh, don't get into Mark Cuban because Mark Cuban came out and said some stuff, but we want to get onto that too. So I I thought it was Mark Cuban's way of saying giving him a way to vote Donald Sterling, yeah, and d- not against him. I, I, I didn't I, I'm take just that saying, with hey that. Well, you didn't because we don't, we hear different, we see different. No, no, you no. You from California? I'm from Virginia. What do you think those two worlds are? Those different worlds. And then how when you grew up, we got Charles Mincy on the uh, on the line, uh, coach, educator, videographer. Uh, Chuck Chuck got a um, show on the uh, Voice America, I believe so. Uh, under the Radar Sports Media, Mincy Investments. Man, you're doing a whole lot. Uh, used to have the uh, Nottingham venture, the Seattle Seahawks, Inglewood, Black Hawks. Went to your, he's from your neck of the woods, Alex. Since University of how Southern you? California. Chuck Missy, welcome to the show. How you doing? What's going on, Kwame? I'm not bad, man. I, or should I just say Charles Missy. I, I I say Chuck yeah. Messy. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Chuck. Yeah, yeah. What's going on, buddy? how how things?
1: Oh man, that's great! I was just sitting here listening to a little bit of what you guys are talking about, and it's uh, all good, hot topics. You know, um, I understand, and uh, you know, there's a lot of different opinions on this good stuff.
2: Yeah, it is. You on? You on with Alex Clancy, Lache. Uh, Lachey. <clears throat> um, but yeah, give us your opinion on it. I know you you've into the sports, uh, and you follow it like we do by the minute, by the ticker, or whatever come across your your uh, your phone. Give us your assessment on. Donald Sterling and do we sell his team or do we allow his wife to sell the team? But he still has a part of this team.
1: Well, I heard a little bit of what was going on before, and you know, um, you know, I mean, as far as you know, I, I played in the NFL a while, you know, like yourself. Um, uh, I was in Kansas City when you were there in Kansas. At Kansas, so rock chalk. I I, I know how it is. Uh, you, there, there's certain things you cannot do. There's certain things you cannot do. You cannot, um, as a player, you can't, you know, criticize the rest, automatic fine. It has nothing to do with free speech. You're within the association of certain lo- rules and bylaws. You can't get away with it. There's certain conduct, there's conduct detrimental that you you can have a guaranteed contract, even if it was in the NFL, and it'd be voided because you broke certain rules and laws. Now, I've That's said that. the way it goes.
2: I've said so, that, uh, Chuck.
1: It's the same thing. With this, it's not a, uh, outright private ownership because he's not owning this as a standalone business. He's part of an association. He has to keep up, you know, uh, a behavior that is, is profitable to the league. I mean, there's no way in the world that he could you know, uh, make that team worth anything, or he could benefit the NBA with that type of behavior. He's going to take away from it. They're going to make him sell it. Well, if you mess up the do brand, the smart thing and walk away. It makes
2: sense. Yeah, if you mess up the brand of the NBA, that's in the contract. You cannot taint our brand, or we have to punish you in a certain way. Now, for what he did, he got he got fined two point five million dollars. That's a billionaire being fined two point five billion million dollars, which he adamant about not paying. Uh, one of the things you did mention, and we talk about a lot on on the show, and I actually talked about it yesterday, it was um, conduct detrimental. When these guys, NFL guys, when they're holding out, they're not holding out for the trillion dollars that they think they should get, like the quarterbacks. They're holding out for the signing bonus to be proper, properly formatted, because that's the only thing that's guaranteed to us. Because you can cut us at any time, but conduct detrimental takes away from your signing bonus. So. Uh if you're not doing anything silly or stupid um you ha- you don't have to worry about conduct detrimental but it is it is in the the uh what it's the rule book or the law or in the NFL one of the bylaws that, that conduct detrimental you can be fined a certain amount $10,000 at least but how the team see fits So Charles I, I got a question for you why do you think why
3: do you think that Donald Sterling, out of the blue, just allowed his wife to take over the uh, negotiations to sell the team? Like, do you think he has an end, an end game here? Or do you think
1: that he's We're, just given up? Well, okay, well, we went through this here with the McCourts, and they had right. a messy divorce, and uh, there was um, a lot of things up in the air. But, you know, everybody's on to what's going on with, you know, the, the Sterlings. I mean, they're, they have an agreement, you know, I mean, he does his thing. She doesn't complain, but they're not going to get divorced because it means it's a messy divorce and it's a lot of money. If you are married here in California, I know, and you do whatever you do on behalf of your estate, your your partner is responsible for that part of the estate. They're not going to separate it. So if you were to go and get into some accident and hurt someone and they sued your estate, they're going to sue both of you. You cannot split that when you're already married, when you're still married. Now, last week they tried to act like they weren't together, and they're trying to say they're estranged. <laughs> right, <laughs> but you never got a divorce. You're both responsible for the actions of both of you. That's just the way it is,
2: and that's why if you went
1: gambling and spent all this money at the at the crap table. They're not the casino is not going to say, okay, well your wife didn't gamble. You're responsible for what you do for both of you. That's the law. That's just the way it is. They she cannot split it up. It. That's why you're not fighting it. There's,
2: right. There's, and that's why she can't no testify can him. right? Your, wife, your spouse can't testify against you in court.
3: And the worst thing for the NBA would be if they did file for divorce because this would last okay. 20
1: years. It, it won't because as they were, the it, it, it happened while they were married. So their divorce is... They're just going to split whatever but she they get w- out of the sale. But, but she wouldn't be able
3: to be, sale. she wouldn't be able to, if the NBA wants Donald Sterling out of there, she she owns, she will own 50% of that team. What if she doesn't want to sell? Then then they're back to yeah. where they started. The NBA's going to
1: that 50% of the team. No. And well, it's the, it's community. the NBA bylaws, and, and um, Silver said it over and over again, if the primary owner, is made to sell then all the other subsequent owners are have to sell relinquish their rights too so there's no way she can come out with 50 percent of the team it just it doesn't make he, that's why they're not fighting it if if he is as litigious as he is he's an owner he's a, a businessman he's a lawyer if anybody would fight this it would be him and he's bowing out there's no way they could get around it
2: yeah i'm surprised Chuck, before we go on, because I know uh, Demery has a question for you. Let, while I got you there, give us everything you're doing, man, so we can stay on top of it and we can help promote whatever you're doing. Um, I know there's interest in the show, um, uh, Mark Amon is, you know, contact, but uh, let us know what you're doing before we – we don't want to take up all your time uh, talking in sports. Let's talk about you.
1: All right. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm doing um, Under the Radar Sports Media. Uh-huh. We're uh, – we serve as a recruiting business for kids, getting them exposure. I was at Inglewood High School coaching for five years. I've been coaching high school football since I left the n f l and um you know we just had to get kids exposed i start I do a lot of video and and we start doing highlight tapes and my buddy Stephen Thomas took over doing it and we just turned it into a business so we've been um getting kids you know uh recruited and and, and a lot of the stuff we've just been paying out of pocket, so now we kind of turned it into a business and, you know, trying to get it going. We're uh, doing scouting for the NCAA, and um, it's just been a good time, man. We're promoting a lot of high school football and, you know, the good things about it and the positive things and, and trying to get these kids to understand that it's a vehicle to get into college, and anything after that is gravy. You know, most people had the aspirations to go into the league, but you, these kids are getting such a leapfrog, jump start in life by using this opportunity to get into college. So we're just having fun with it, and it's uh, undertheradarathletes.com. If anybody wants to come check it out, and um, we're just having fun with it, man. It's a good time.
2: Yeah, we'll definitely check that out. And whatever we could do, you know, you could come on the show anytime and we, you know, just parlay into your show uh, if and when you get the show here at Voice America Sport. But that also is good stuff. I, I see you guys do the website and the highlight films, which is needed uh, because a lot of kids are making highlights and they put the music to it. If I'm, if I'm a coach uh, or scout, which I have been, um, I'm not listening to that music. I'm going to take your highlight and I'm going drop it in the trash. But all I want to see is the plays you make and then you highlight it on what you're doing so I know if you fit the scheme offensively or defensively what we trying to do for the reason me watching you. So uh that that's huge that you guys uh do the highlights and then I'm 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 certain if you could do all that you guys are doing websites because I'm telling you now I I train I train kids on skill specific every weekend pretty much and I tell them to build their get a website to promote yourself. But if you guys do that, that's a great market you may want to tap into.
1: We we do we do the website, man, under the com and um we have it up there. We have all the kids highlight tapes and we we have kids from all over. We specialize in in, in California cuz we're here, but we've got Alabama, Florida, North Carolina, Arizona, Texas. We got kids and uh, we we're, we're getting this uh, thing happening tomorrow in Minneapolis. So we're getting that all over. And uh, we're getting it done. And, yeah, man, you know, the, we know how the scouts want to see the tapes. We've got a lot of relationships with, you know, hundreds of coaches all over. And sometimes the kids try to do their own, but, you know, it, it, it doesn't come out right. And so we do it, and we've gotten kids. I mean, we've literally done highlight tapes that have gotten hundreds of scholarships. And, um, you know, we're proud of that. And, you know, I just respect our opinion, and it's just, you know, it's been a good thing.
2: Well, you played in the league, so they, they have no choice of, unless their egos get in the way. Uh, before Demery mm-hmm. uh, uh, asked you something, I'm telling you right now, you're not working unless you get in tap into that Virginia market. That's that's a bad business <laughs> right there. You got to get into that That's a bad business right there. Go, well,
1: d- you know, well, I, uh, one of our key dudes is from... From Virginia, and we're getting there. We got as a matter of fact, we got a couple of kids from there, too. Actually, my boy is from Gladys, Virginia, one of our key members. So, okay, you no, know, that's the sticks in Virginia. I don't know which part you're from, but that's, that's
2: <laughs> deep. no, yeah, he is from the sticks. I don't know. I'm Newport News all day long. Uh, D- uh <laughs> Dembry, Dembry has you have something
4: right? Yeah, yeah, I have something for Charles. Uh, hey, Charles, how you doing? What's going on, man? Hey, man, don't don't ever be scared to tap into Indiana either, man. Don't, don't be, <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I said, don't be ever be scared to tap into Indiana either. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're we gonna get them all, man. We got to get them all. It's, it's some great players from everywhere.
4: Yeah, I, honestly, I applaud what you're doing. Uh, I think it's, it's it's very well for uh, the kids and the younger generation. But um, I had a question. Um, I know you reside in L- in Los Angeles and. Um, with the whole back to the Donald Sterling aspect uh with the nonsense that he has going on, I wanted to know, like, you know, how does the environment, the society in Los Angeles partake on, you know, Donald Sterling trying to sell the team or trying to save his name and still calling out Magic Johnson? Like how does the whole concept or how is the society and environment really taking in on that outside of uh, uh, the NBA and the fans? Like, you know, like, you know,
1: I think, Things here have calmed down so much, you know at one time we had an element where things were really bad, and um we had a high gang you know element, and you know it's still some of that, but a lot of the crime is down, a lot of things are mellowed, and you know people kind of think it's more ridiculous than anything you know I mean if this was early nineties, then you know people be ready to get out and and do something stupid, which you know i don't recommend at all and it, and it, and because the the um, the silver handled it the way that he did mm-hmm. Be, because he handled it that way. Then I think that everybody was, was cool with that. You know, when, when it was, you know, and it was swift, it was quick and it was meaningful. And I think everyone appreciated that. And I think that that was big for the NBA and everybody was able to go on and cheer for the Clippers. You know, even though I'm really a, a Lakers fan, you know, I still root for the Clippers. So, right. you know, we, I think most people here, is, you know, the NBA handled it the way it should have been handled.
2: Let and, me tell um, you, uh, Donald, you know, uh, thing where
1: we have to protest or you know strike against the, the Clippers, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. I think Silver, let me give you my opinion on Silver. I think he was a protege of uh, Stern. Uh, what happens when your protege come in, you want to give him some leverage over everybody. So this tape wasn't, understand this tape it didn't just pop out. This tape tape been out. You even had some of the the um, uh, officials uh, for the Los Angeles Clippers wanting to buy up all these tapes and get them out of circulations, but what's her name, Vistiana? Her friend had one and linked it to TMZ. Now, Silva having this information, and he has to be looked at as hard as Stern, and this was a great opportunity, um, and I'm sure Stern said, I'm going to give you some information that is going to be powerful, so when you make this decision... When you make this decision right here, the owners, the players are going to know that you are serious about this business and you're the right man for the job. So this was all, knowing that Donald Sterling is, is who he is, borderline Italy, idiot, knowing that they gave him this information so Silver looks like this job should be his. That's just my opinion on it, but I think he is, Donald Sterling is who he is. That's not, but you had a great opportunity to put Silver on the map as far as the new commissioner. Alex. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I think it's it's just interesting, and I You got one minute. I
3: thank you. I um <laughs> I w- right when the right when the ban came down, I was again. We've talked about this before, and I can't help but wonder if David Stern would give the same ban as he was uh, an established guy already. I mean, he'd been obviously the commissioner for twenty plus years, thirty years, and with Adam Silver, this is the first major thing that he had to deal with besides finding Joe Kim Noah five thousand dollars for. Uh, dropping f bombs to refs, which was like a slap on the wrist, like we've never seen before in the NBA. Um, him getting given this lifetime ban and actually executing it with the the uh, hearing on on uh, April third, June third. Um, I wonder if the extent of the ban had something to do with him wanting to instill his dominance across the NBA, or if anybody would have done the same thing. And I really don't know. Obviously, we won't know. But Charles, do you think that? that he, he wanted to instill his dominance right off the bat, so that's why he gave this harsh of a ban? This gave this harsh of a penalty?
1: Uh, I think it's twofold. I think that, um, you know, part of me thinks, you know, would like to think it's sincere either way it was. He, he did what he was supposed to do. It's kind of like the Abraham Lincoln thing. You know, you did what you're supposed to do, you know, regardless of your motives. The other part of it is that he was in a position he just, he could not do much else. I don't think that, yeah. um, I think, that the players really would have reacted in a way that would have crashed the NBA at that time because they had all the leverage. It was during the playoffs. um, Everybody was watching. Um, The players could have, you know, protested, and they would have had public opinion on their side. Any other time there's a strike or a holdout, even when the owners block the players out, Public opinion a lot of times is against the players. In this situation, the players had him in a in a in a bind, and they really couldn't do much else. And he did the appropriate thing; it was a good thing. And I think it it, ne- it wasn't necessarily an easy decision, but it was the right decision. And I think uh, everything kind of flowed from there.
2: All right, man, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna get out of here. Um, uh, we got probably about five minutes left in the show. We definitely appreciate you calling in, uh, Charles. Uh, but appreciate you having me. And I'll make sure you got my information, man. If you need anything while you're out here in Arizona, just hit me up. Um, but let's stay in touch. So, you know, if you want to get a show, you, like I said, you're welcome to come on our show anytime. Appreciate it.
1: All right. You guys, that's have a good one.
2: All right. Cuomo well, supposed Sports Talk. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to finish up the show.
5: You are going global with gas. Man. Is that Matt the intern? That's here. Look, I made this show. Dude, you totally made it, man. You were doing the Big Brother tryout today. All right, all right, all right. Kevin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead, Matt. All right, let's come on. Let's play drug code. Where'd you learn that, Cheech? <whistles> drug school. Yeah. Are we going to play porn and music or not? This program contains sexually explicit dialogue. Discretion is advised. Live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific time on the VoiceAmerica.com Variety Channel. Going global with Gas. Man, how the hell do they know they like that I got cash?
0: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN.
2: Welcome back to the Formula Sports Talk, 888-346-9144. We have about seven, maybe... Nine minutes left In the show Uh We were just talking To Charles Missy Charles does a lot Of things out there Um As I mentioned Under the radar Sports media Uh Missy Investments He's been doing that For 21, 21 years Uh Real estate management And those things A lot of things he does He was a defense coordinator uh, For a year or two But a lot of things he does Uh Real estate and for the kids Um uh, It's interesting uh, A lot of things What kids need Coming up High school kids You can cut out the middleman. Um with the videos and the highlights and those things. Uh, but now we got another friend of the show, Chuck Mincy or uh, Charles Mincy is what I call him, Chuck. Let's get into some um, Mark Cuban, who will not reveal how he plans to vote against the Clippers' Donald Sterling. Uh, about two days ago, Mark Cuban made a, a comment of, or, on bigotry, saying we're all prejudiced and uh, one way or another. Um, And I think we do prejudge people in certain things. But to the extent of what he said was, uh, in my opinion, crazy. Because what happened with the Mark Zimmerman situation and um, you're talking about hoods and then the hood that everyone, if a kid has on a hood, that's somebody you can't see. You get on a hood. So that makes him possibly a dangerous person. Then he makes the comment that he'll walk across the street away from that kid, but if he's as he goes across the street he see a person, a white person with tattoos and a shaved head, bald head, he walks back across the street. I guess we all make we prejudge people in a way, but I remember growing up you could walk anywhere in the street and there was no nonsense. You it wasn't even, you didn't even think about that stuff. Uh, and now in the world we live in, which probably still was, but it in my neighborhood it wasn't that nonsense. Um, But now in the world we live in, we are still talking about the prejudice, the bigotry, the racial. And and this wasn't a racial thing because uh, there was no inferiority um, into this. This is more of how we see a person and what we think about that person, what he or she is going to do if we ever got close to him. I don't think what he anything that
3: he said was wrong, <laughs> except for the alluding to the Trayvon Martin thing that he has apologized for. I don't think that that wasn't in the
2: forefront of his as, mind when he in, said it. As intelligent as he is, and I, I think that was, was that was
3: it wasn't that was the one thing that messed up this whole thing. And I understand you and I have, as you said, it's we've had very different lives up to this point. Okay, so I see this as he's being very matter of fact. He's being very, is This fine, is exactly like what is going on right now, in my opinion, is what he's saying. This is exactly what's going on, in my opinion. He in no way condoned Donald Sterling for what he did, number one. Number two, he was very articulate and methodical about what he said because he knew that he's playing with fire by even talking about this. So he's one of the most um, forward-thinking owners in all of professional sports, if not the most, because he's one of the youngest He's still very wealthy, but he's very smart, very cerebral. He knows exactly what he's saying every time he says it, and that's why he is in the position that he's in now. So take away the Trayvon Martin uh, alluding to, it, it; just what it seemed like people made that connection that he's profusely apologized for after. I think that this was something that opened people's eyes up. This was a cliff notes to everything that's going on in the United States right now,
2: I, in my I, opinion. I think... Um I understand, I know the definition of articulating, but you will have to define it for me because he said it. I don't know how methodical it was because he he alluded to a Trayvon situation. If, if Trayvon's situation don't happen, he's not talking about a hood. He, he'll he say another, there'll be another cold word for it. But I don't know how methodical it was, or methodically he wanted to get this conversation going. He wanted to spark this conversation. Maybe that was it, but as far as his articulation, I don't, I don't, you have to define that. For me, when it comes from Mark Cuban, uh, methodically, maybe the conversation that he wanted to spark. That's one thing. I don't think, I think he was a matter of fact, like you said, and that's fine. You appreciate people who say this was on their mind. That's way you know who you're dealing with. I don't think it was a, uh, 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 I think we all, like I said, we prejudge some way, somehow, probably every day. Every day, which is the crazy part about of it all.
4: Yeah, I, I feel like he... He, like like you said, he brought it just to, to the forefront of, you know, this is what's going on in our world, in our society. This is how the prejudgment, like, you know, he he, didn't, he never really said, like, you know, this needs to stop or this. He just says this is what's happening. And That's what kind of took me to the point, I'm just like, okay, but what are you trying to say to fix this? Or what are you trying to say to, um, t- towards the ownership? What, how does the owner see this? Like, do they feel like, you know, do we need to stop the prejudgment? Do we need to stop the stereotypes and... Cause he was just saying, yeah, you know, I I see a guy with a hoodie. You know what he talked about. It's just like, okay, well, how how you how you go about this? How you be an owner? I understand your streets is different from the streets that I walk on, that I walked on before, or that you walked on as well. So therefore, like, what well, how, how are you going to change this? How do we come together as a, as a society? That's what I wanted him to kind of say well, when he, he did, wanted to.
2: Yeah, and he and he did mention about his glass house, of course. Yeah, we know Mark Cuban is does live in the glass house so we appreciate it about him he, he put, wears it on his sleeve uh, I'm a Mark Cuban fan on Shark Tank not so much in the basketball owner um, but he, he did one, one of the things he did mention real quick was how he tried to help others regardless of their color if if, if something goes down or something was said like if something was said that he said by someone of his one of his employers or employees I should say he will put him in a sensitivity training class or something like that. That when he said that meant nothing to me because that's protocol. That's what you do if you implore. If you own something, you put exactly. him in a sensitivity yeah, exactly. class or you fired him. His
3: his uh thesis for this whole thing was, <laughs> quote, there's no against stupid. Like that that's just what it is. So that's I think to your point. You know what? Like he tried to find something like the end result of well are we going to stop this are we going to stop this he's like you can't stop because there's a lot of stupid people in the world and that's, yeah. and that's what it is he's not he called Donald Sterling's uh, uh, statements abhorrent like he knows he's separating himself from this conversation and can you really stop what idiotic, ignorant people are going to do? And he no. said, he said, what? What do you want to say? He goes, I'm the one who says, I'm, I'm the one guy who says, don't force stupid people to be quiet. I want to know who the morons are. It's exactly what you just said. Yeah, I, I would. I like to know. So what, at least just let it out, them. and then at least we can go on from there. So there's nothing being hidden. And he's putting all his cards on the table here. There's so you me. have to respect that to a certain degree, even if there's not an end result
4: mm-hmm.
2: of hey, the of the whole conversation. There's no law. Now keep in mind of this. There's no law for being stupid or against stupidity, but there are punishments for it. Okay, and there that's what all I was just going to ask. For it. Yes, there's yeah. punishments for it. And unfortunately, we got to get out of here and take about two days, uh, but it is happy hour. It's Friday. Everyone have a happy Friday. Uh, $5 Alex, dollar martinis, right? Yeah, well, they may be $5, but I don't know if I'm going to pay $5. Uh, <laughs> Alex must Clancy. be nice. <laughs> Demery Lachey, uh we appreciate you coming in, man, and, and joining the show. Yeah, hey, I appreciate uh, y'all. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Trust me, I, I need a, as much breathing room as I can get for. this. At Clancy week. Corner, whatever. <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys on uh, Monday. <laughs>